Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. This is the show where we discuss the fine intricacies of the greatest sort of music, classical music. My name is Sandro. I am joined by Zachary. Zachary E. Esquire. Yes. uh, It's lovely to be here. (laughs) Uh, We're here in the studio as always and today we're going to be talking about the life of a very famous musician. Are we talking about Michael Jackson, perhaps? I do love the pop and locks, you understand. Oh, you know what? I do consider myself a bit of a smooth criminal, but no. Mm. No, no Michael Jackson today. We're going to be talking about something a little bit more old. Old? Like, uh, like my, my, my wife. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 because I'm old and making fun of my wife is... <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Zachary? Just the other day I was in the kitchen and, and do know what I was thinking to myself. Well, what were you thinking? Good I was thinking, boy, I sure hate my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, moving on to this uh, artist. What, what old is it? Uh, Michelangelo. No, no, no. We're not going to be talking about any teenagers today. <laughs> oh, right. The millennials. Uh, we're talking about Mozart. And honestly, this voice is probably <laughs> a little grainy. Nah, that was a great intro. Don't know what you're talking about. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie, the show where it's a bunch of old boomers making jokes about their wives. <laughs> Do you know what I hate, Sandra? Mm, what do you hate? I hate it when I'm thinking about how much I hate my wife and my wife interrupts me. Oh, I hate your wife. <laughs> Excuse me? I mean, um, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that was a great intro. Uh, this is the show where we watch movies from 1984 during the week they came out in. Hell yeah. I was correct in saying my name is Sandro, and I was also correct in saying your name, but it was slightly different. Yeah, Zachary Esquire. That's, yeah. that's always been my name. This week we're talking about Amadeus, the totally 100% factually correct biopic about Mozart. Mm. I, I, I would say there's definitely facts in there that I know. I knew Mozart was really young. Yes. When, uh, spoiler alert, he died. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so, sorry guys, he's he's not alive today, unfortunately. No, no, um, no. But also that he was a bit, like, interesting. He was a bit of a troublemaker. Yep. I don't know if he was uh, crazy or annoying, but, you know. I'm not sure. I don't, know. I don't think he was American either. Oh, the guy playing him. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think in terms of, like, Mozart and what he did, it was pretty factually correct for the most, (laughs) for the most part. (laughs) Mm, Yes, for the Mozart part. (laughs) (laughs) But for Soleri, uh, he was probably a a nice guy for the time, and not 
than not the character in this movie. Oh, it's interesting because the character in this movie still would have been noted down as, you know, Mozart's friend and all that. And it still would have been that. So he could have been a complete asshole. For all we know. It's true. We don't know. We don't know. But he probably was just a nice guy who, like, admired Mozart because he made great music. Is this defamation towards him? I mean, he was dead for 200 years plus by Mm. the time this came out. But I still feel like you're kind of shitting all over his legacy. (laughs) You're putting a lot of negative... I don't think he's that bad of a guy. His motivations make sense. Yeah. You know, you sympathize with him. He's He's a very sympathetic villain. He tries his best not to get mad at Amadeus, not to, like, be a bad person and stuff. The problem is he's just being overshined by him all the time. Yes. And yes. it just, just gets on his nerves and all that. And eventually he has to do something about it. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It's interesting that they chose to base this off a real person and not just create mm. someone. Which I prefer that it's a real guy, but then I'm also like, hmm, you're kind of messing up his legacy. But then at the same time, he didn't have a legacy when this movie came out. This movie created yeah. a legacy for him. So, you know. Yeah. That as well. I think it I think it strums up more interest, and you clearly know this is fiction. Oh, know? definitely. Straight so, off the bat, you know. Like, as soon as you, you see Mozart, you're like, oh, they're taking some creative liberties here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved, I loved how this movie was about jealousy, but it showed a side of jealousy that you don't really see in movies, which is the inherent respect that comes with jealousy as well. Mm. Like, that was really, really well done in this. Oh, like, yeah. There are scenes where Celery is like, you are great, and you can actually see that he believes that. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. He, he goes to every single one of Mozart's things because he knows he will see... Like, he has enough talent to appreciate his talent. Yeah, exactly. But not more than that. And that's his sort of curse. It's so it's so well done. Um, mm. I know, yeah, it's pretty obvious. I loved this. I thought this was amazing. What were your first impressions? No, it was kind of garbage, to be honest. Oh, they no. Did my, they did my boy Mozart wrong. What was that laugh? It's <laughs> <laughs> great. It's great. No, 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 no. no. It was a great film. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I thought the music... Music was particularly good. I don't know about you. Something about the music. I feel like it really went well with the movie. Yeah, it kind of like their their choice of music. What did you think? I think it could have done with some techno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Te- he just at one point during one of the parties, he gets the piano, but he sticks like a yeah. metal rod in it, and then it just starts going, brow. You know. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! He starts <laughs> mixing into, it up. Just turns into like electric dreams halfway through. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Yeah, but this was a good one. I, I'm very glad I got to see it. Also, I think I've seen bits and pieces of it before, actually. Like, I was watching this and going, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with the the narration element of it. I've seen stuff mm. from this before. Maybe in just clips, but I don't know. I've I've definitely seen elements of this movie before. Mm. But this was one of two other options this week. Yeah, so, so you had another option, which was called A Soldier's Story, which is about an African-American officer... Uh, who was sent to investigate the murder of a sergeant in uh, Louisiana near the end of World War Two? And apparently that was also a really good choice. Yeah, that movie also looks really good. I want to check it out. Uh, slight spoilers for later, but this movie was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, and so was A Soldier's Story. They were both nominated, and they both mm. came out during the same week, so I think they're both good ones to check out. But, I mean, yeah, look, yeah. Amadeus is 
considered one of the best films of all time, so we kind of had to do it. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, so, it is based off a renowned play from 1979, written by mm. Peter Schaefer, who also wrote this movie as well. Oh, really? He wrote the play and the movie? The play itself was so popular. Yeah, no, that's impressive that mm-hmm. he not only wrote the play, but also wrote this movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And mm. it's the screenplay for this movie's fantastic he did a great job Mm. he's he's written quite a few plays before one of them is equus with two u's spelt e-q-u-u-s it's about this um it's about this psychologist who is like working with this guy who has a religious fascination with horses (laughs) and it sounds very funny (laughs) that does sound very funny also what does religious fascination with horses even <laughs> mean? Does he worship horses? Maybe, I'm not sure. But to give you an idea, right, many uh-huh. great actors have played the main role, like Anthony Hopkins or Leonard Nimoy, Spock himself. But there was a bit of controversy mm. 2009 because uh, a 17-year-old Daniel Radcliffe was cast and he had to get naked on stage for the part. Ooh. So I think that's Ooh. the sort of religious fascination. Is a little bit naughty. I've been feeling right. Yeah. So that's great. Oh yeah, I've seen that picture before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly. what it is because it's the n- picture of him naked next to a horse. Yeah, it's that one. It's that I've one. I've seen that picture before. I didn't realize that came from a flick about a guy who worships horses. I want to watch like a movie or a recording of this play because it sounds very funny. Yeah, no, that does sound hilarious. Dude, Daniel Radcliffe's been doing some rad stuff. I think. Nice. I love I love those r- so filthy rich actors who are just like, eh, stuff it. I can do whatever I want now. I'm just going to do the weirdest indie bullshit. Yeah, he did a movie this year where he uh, had guns nailed to his hands and he had to go around <laughs> in like a Hunger Games. It was very good. Hell yeah. It was very See, fun. See, exactly what I'm talking about. Swiss Army Man is a classic. I love that film. It's literally, he could have been replaced with a dummy. He didn't need to be in. The fact that he's just no. in, the, the reason he's in it is because they he said yes to it and they're like, fantastic. We're going to have Daniel Radcliffe's name in this. And he didn't <laughs> even need to act at all. We should do a Daniel Radcliffe movie at some point. I don't know how, but we will. A Daniel Radcliffe marathon, where everything but Harry Potter. Ah, the good stuff. Yes. <laughs> Got him. Correct. Nah, Harry Potter film's good. It's the books that are bad. <laughs> Got him again. But they got better once um, once the author changed things uh, outside. Exactly. The, the, knowledge, the, the knowledge that comes from her Twitter uh, before she became a transphobe was excellent. No, knowing that wizards shat themselves. <laughs> I always forget that she revealed that. That's her. That's that's my fa- one of my favorite facts of all time. Wizards <laughs> just shat themselves <laughs> where they were standing. That's uh. canon in those books. If if you allow the fact of an author to like change something outside of a book, yeah, a lot of people say that's not canon. No. All the stuff she keeps adding. I think the majority of stuff that she adds isn't, but that fact in particular, yes, it improves yes. my enjoyment greatly. <laughs> it's like, just they just shat themselves. But, uh, Ronald, what are you doing? I'm shitting myself right now. 
Um, anyway, back to Arm Day. <laughs> yeah, we should really talk about it, seeing as we're probably going to be here for the next hour and a half. <laughs> this is a very long movie. Uh, the director is Milo's foreman. He made this nine mm. years after One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is a perfect movie, in my opinion. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I love this one as well. Is this a perfect movie? I don't know. Wait until the end. Um, but he's a great t- director. He did that. He also directed Man on the Moon, which is the film that drove Jim Carrey crazy during the late 90s. So... Wow. Uh, yeah, he's a great director. Wait, so Jim Carrey went crazy, or did he, like, figuratively went crazy? Uh, he went for, like, method acting for the character role, and then lost himself in the method acting. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) There you go. Uh, the cast is massive, so I'm just gonna speed through these. F. Murray Abraham plays Antonio Soleri. Uh, he is also in Scarface. He's in Star Trek Insurrection. He's in Grand Budapest Hotel. Most recently, he's in a TV show called Mythic Quest, which is like a workplace comedy about making an MMO or something. Uh, so he's still working, which is awesome. That's good, that's good. Tom Hulse is Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. He's good. He's excellent. He was made famous by the National Lampoon movie Animal House. He's also the voice of Quasimodo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame 1 and 2. Elizabeth Berridge is Mozart's wife, Constance. She hasn't really done too much after this movie. She was in a sitcom where she played a maid, and that was like the only... Super notable thing that she's done, sadly, because uh, she's she's great in this. Uh, I was a little sad to see she hasn't done too much. There's also Mozart's father, Leopold, is played by Roy Dotrice, who actually played Charles Dickens in the 70s. He's also the guy that reads the Song of Ice and Fire audiobooks. Mm. I should listen to those at one point. I haven't, I haven't listened to their audiobooks. Emperor Joseph II is played by Jeffrey Johns, who is in Ferris Bueller, he's in Beetlejuice, he's in the TV show Deadwood, he's also a registered sex offender, so fuck him. Uh, He's only in the director's cut, but Kenneth McMillan is in this. He was the dad in Reckless, that movie we did in January, that everything comes back to. Kenny Baker is in this as a performer during the parody of Don Giovanni that we see, that Mozart is thoroughly enjoying. He is R2-D2 in episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Hmm. And finally, Cynthia Nixon plays Mozart's maid, Laurel. She's Miranda in Sex and the City. So an all-star cast, by all accounts. Mm. All-star cast. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. Uh, for the reception, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 95 higher. I was actually expecting it to be a little bit lower, but that's, mm. that's good. Yeah, sometimes they get them right, sometimes they don't. It was a massive hit, considered one of the greatest movies ever made. It won a lot of awards, but just focusing mm. on the Oscars, these are the awards that are won. So Best Picture, mm-hmm. Best Director, mm-hmm. Best Actor. Mm-hmm. The Best Actor went to Abraham for Soleri, although Mozart was also nominated. Mm. They were both nominated in the same category, which is massive. Uh, best Adapted Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup, Best Sound. So it basically won everything. Mm. Yeah, no, that uh, good on them. It, it also cost $18 million. Uh, what do you think it made worldwide? Mm. Made worldwide. Mm. How, mu- how much did it cost? 18 million. I'm going to give it a 35 mil. Ooh, it made a quite a quite a bit more than that. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's what I like to hear. Uh 85 mil. Oh, you were so close. Mm, 75? Oh, yeah, a little higher actually. A little higher. 82? Uh maybe like 8 higher. Oh, right. So like 90? <laughs> 
Yeah, 90. <laughs> wow. You make those so difficult, Sandra. I don't mm. know how, how I managed to get them. Uh, yeah, 90 million. That's pretty good. That's that's pretty solid. All right, let's jump. Let's jump right into the movie. We can talk about the font if you want. Oh, yeah? I've got a bit of a bone to pick with the font, to be honest. Ooh, but uh, you go ahead and describe the font itself before I go in my well, little Well, I was fine with the font because it, was, it, was, it wasn't too crazy. It was just like your basic, you got some white stuff, you got some swirling, you know, you just do a bit of, do a bit of font. The font itself was good. I, I more had an issue with the words that were on screen because we both watched the director's cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see the title Armadeus, it says uh, the guy that wrote it, his name, then it says Armadeus, mm -hmm. then yeah. it says director's cut. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? Well, that's what it is. It's a director's cut. Yeah, but, but, don't, but don't put that in the... the the, the opening font of the movie? What are you doing? I didn't like that, quite frankly. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're mad about? What's the opening, though? Uh, so the opening. Uh, we see a couple of servanty boys. They're bringing some, some yummy, sweet dishes. Which comes back, which I didn't even realise until thinking about it right at the second. Yeah, they explain what the, like, the cream is that they're using later. Yeah, they're... they're <laughs> <laughs> so so they have this these sweets that they're bringing to to this guy and they're like banging on the door it's like hey we have some sweets open up the goddamn door you bonobo they they start eating the sweets yeah uh one of the servants starts literally like licking out of the cup yeah that grossed me out yeah that was <laughs> like ugh. That's not sanitary. Ugh. Uh they they, they burst in uh, after they hear some noises. Yeah. There's some loud clattering and then like a bang. He's also yelling, he's also yelling, Mozart, forgive your assassin as yeah, well. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is rather important, I think, for the plot somewhere. I think there's something about murdering Amadeus. Yeah. I can't remember. Kinda. I think it's important. So they burst in and they see he's cut his, like, jugular. He's cut his Adam's apple or whatever. Mm. And he's, like, on the floor, clutching his blood everywhere. So, of course, they uh, bring him to the hospital. So yeah. next scene or so is them hoisting him onto a into like a carriage or whatever and taking him to the local uh, loony bin. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of just naked guys running around in that loony bin. I think I saw a dick. I don't know. I saw an ass. Okay. I remember the ass. I'm glad I don't remember the dick. I think I think I'm not sure. I'll have to go mm. back. But I was like 80s. Oh Honestly, my. I suggest you don't. It's probably right because then I'll see the director's cut font and go oh i'm throwing this out uh -huh. this is garbage uh -huh. why is this a problem for you sandro so yeah he's taken to the the mental hospital and and a priest comes to visit him mm. and they're talking the priest is like do you have something to confess old mm. man and the old man is like you've never heard of me what do you mean he starts playing pieces of music that he supposedly can composed and the priest's like, I've never heard of these, never heard of these. He plays one song, though, and the priest is like, I have heard of this. Mm. And Soleri's like, aha, that was not my piece, that's Mozart. <laughs> and that is why I killed Mozart, sir. Yep. So then he just he just bursts into his life story. Well, the, the, the priest is like, hey, do you want forgiveness from God? And he's like, God, let me tell you something about that God man you know. 
<laughs> yeah, Mamma yeah. mia! It did kind of start off with those accents. Like, for the first maybe mm. three minutes, I think the guys that were running towards the door had that, eh, open up the door! And I was like, oh no, is this going to be the whole movie? <laughs> yeah, but then they sort of just abandoned accents. Yeah, which was for, good. like, the rest of the film. Yeah, which <laughs> is definitely probably a plus. But anyway, yeah, he goes into his his mm. life story, which which involves him as a kid. His dad was like you're not going to play music. That's not a real job. And so mm. he prayed to God and then God supposedly killed his dad. And he was like, it's a miracle. I can Hell now play yeah. music. Heck yeah. Dab on that dad. That was such a good moment. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that good. was so funny. It was a good logical leap. He was yeah. like, I need, my dad hates music, but I really want to become a famous conductor. Please God help me become a famous conductor. And so dad immediately goes and carks it. And he's like, yeah. thanks God. Murdering my dad. This is why he might have gone, ended up in the loony bin. Actually, funnily enough, thinking about it, maybe yeah, um, he might have been actually crazy. So he's he's working as a court composer for the emperor in Vienna, I believe, and it's all going good, it's all going great. But then he hears that Mozart's gonna come and play a little show Ooh, at the at the palace. Show. Ooh, I do love me a bit of the the shows, yeah, the entertainments. Uh, I would say that the the royal himself uh, is a bit of a bit of a musician. He's a bit of an artist himself. Now look, the the actor, ugh, but mm-hmm. he's pretty good in this. <laughs> like, I quite like the emperor. He's quite funny. It's a shame mm. the actor's an awful person, probably. But yeah, quite funny. Yeah, he definitely can't play a piano. Haha. <laughs> so Mozart comes to the castle. And I personally really liked the way that they introduced his character, mm. which is um, Soleri's hiding out in this room. Can't really remember why. I think he's just creeping around looking for some food. That's uh, So I think he, he's looking for Armadeus and then gets distracted by sweets because, as we know for a fact, that's his weakness. And the, yes. the movie does continuously make him... Fall for the old sweetsy doodle. It does happen a lot. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, I can't fault him. He's his one weakness. Yeah, so he's hiding in this room, and then all of a sudden, who comes bursting through the door? Two people. Oh, yeah, it was the wife. Yeah, 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 I remember now. It's the wife and uh, Armadeus. They burst through, and at first you're like, who is this clown? Who are these Scallywags. What are they doing? They're like playing games. There's a quote where he says, people fight backwards. It's very funny. <laughs> what? He was talking backwards as well. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting. He proposes to her backwards. And it, yes. it it might be a joke proposal. I don't know. They get married. So who knows, really? Yeah, probably not a joke proposal then. But the whole time, like it goes on for a while. And you're like, who are these people? Who are these people? And then... Mm. We see, or we hear rather, that Mozart's music is being played from the main room, and the guy's mm. like, "Oh no, they've started without me. That's my music." And you're like, "Oh man, if that that's Amadeus." Oh my god, that's Mozart. That's that's Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Oh my god, it's a great reveal. Oh my god. Well, it was it was a pretty obvious twist. It was but, pretty obvious. Oh my god. It was very good. It was good for the character though, because the guy's like, <gasps> "Wait, that." That guy rolling around in the dirt, <laughs> in the muck, that was Amadeus? Yes. Now, what hmm. did you think when you first saw 
Mozart bursting through the room and doing his laugh and acting like a fool. What did you think? I've seen some other depictions of Mozart, and he was a bit like that. Yeah. Another depiction. So, I mean, I saw it coming from a mile off. I thought the actor um, uh, looked very weird in a wig. Mm. That's for sure. Him and wigs don't get along. It doesn't help that they give him the wackiest wigs. And, like, that's a part of the film is he just loves really wacky wigs. Yeah. Uh, so he does look a bit ridiculous. And, of course, the laugh <laughs> is great. So good. It's just like that. That's the best impression I can do. And, oh, boy, it's it's throughout. The, the laugh just it hits you every time. Yeah. It's good. It's, it, like, it's good. It's fantastic. It's like a, a gentle slap across the face um, every time it comes in. Yeah. It's, it's so jarring compared to every anything that's happening. Mm. It's good. Yeah, no, the actor is phenomenal. Mm. He's so mm. funny, but also so serious. Mm. It's truly a fantastic performance. Yeah, it really is. Well, he he's serious as a young person is. Like, he doesn't take everything as seriously as all the adults when he takes things seriously. Yeah, exactly. But he is trying to be serious a lot of the time, but also the time he's just having a bit of fun. Yeah. But, you know, who isn't a fan is is Soleri, because he, like, he's like, man, the music this guy writes is like, it's like the voice of God, but why is God choosing to have this music come out of such a rude little boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nearly a direct quote. But he he's chillaxing. He's like, you know what? That's fine. This guy's super talented. He's here. You know, he won't be here forever. You know, mm. he 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 decides to write a piece for for Armadeus. Yeah, yeah. A little little welcome welcome piece. Uh, gets gets old. Uh, what's his face? The the king emperor dude. Uh, he wants to play it, so he plays it. And and he's like, his timing is awful. He's, yeah. he's like, he's hitting the right notes so good on him, but it doesn't sound great because there's mm. no time in there. There's no rhythm. Yeah. I think at the end he plays it decently. I think so, yeah. Like the conductor's like just gently trying to push him in the right direction <laughs> uh, when he's playing it as yeah. they get Amadeus. And you hear this little ditty. Amadeus comes in, he's like, hey, what up, Royals? Yeah. It's your boy, Amadeus, dab, dab. And then uh, they're like, ah, yes, Amadeus, genius boy, do you like this little ditty that the conductor made for you? And he's like, oh, yes, but uh, let, let me uh, let me play it. Mm. Uh, so he plays it out, but he doesn't have the script in front of it. Once, once heard, he can play the entire thing without, you know needing sheet music yeah and so he did so he he does that and then he's like mm. and then it just starts repeating well maybe that doesn't work let me just change it up yes so he changes it up and he makes it sound even better and it becomes a song that we recognize it becomes a song that mm. mozart is well known for and like again clever writing clever writing that was really mm. really well done so the emperor has a plan to basically say hey mozart how about we pay you money and you write us an opera in German, which is never done before, because German's just not the language you write operas in. Mm. And so Mozart's like, all right, sure, I'll do that. Uh, I'll write a, a, a very charming, a very uh, virtuous, uh, full, of, full of German morals opera about mm. a Turkish harem. <gasps> and the emperor's like, what? Oh, what, what the bloody heck are you doing? <laughs> oh. I love the courtroom. And they're like, 
A harem? My! My! Yes. That's not proper! That's great. See, see, proper, proper things, proper, proper ones should be in Italian. Mm. That is the proper thing for a stage. That's the proper language. And none of this irresponsible nonsense. You've got to have proper plays. Yes. And proper operas. Because they're having this whole argument about what language it should be in. Uh, there's a couple of Italian guys. They're like Italian, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you got the Germans. They're like German. We haven't had a good German play. And then Mozart's like, hey, yeah, I'll do some German. How about some Turkish? Could do some Turkish. Eh? 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 And they're like, what? What is what is happening here? He's like, nah, let's do German. German's good. And they're like, cool, German, German. All right. All right, we're, we're doing a German one. We're then introduced to Madame Cavalieri, who is an opera singer. Uh, mm. Pretty good opera singer as well. Mm. There's a quote where she's doing scales. I think, like, Mozart has written a piece for her in this in this opera. And she's doing scales like that, but just over and over and over again. And there's a quote where mm. someone's like, oh, 10 minutes of ghastly scales whizzing up and down like rhymes in a playground, which I thought was very good. <laughs> That's a good line. Good that line. is a good line. Yeah, no, so uh, the opera singer is like, what's the main bad guy? What's he called? Ossolari. Well, he's not a bad guy. No. I feel like he's, he's the anti-antagonist. He's the antagonist, but he's also the anti-antagonist because Mozart's the antagonist, but he's also not the antagonist. You see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they're just two That's guys. That's a story with Noir. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. he's a... He does a bad thing, and he does several bad things, but in the end... He does quite a few, yeah. He, like, helps Mozart as well. Kinda. He, like, helps him a bit. Exactly. He does hate him. So, like, I feel like he does him pretty solid for hating his guts. He hates him, but he also respects him. Yes. Which and is... And you know what? That makes for a compelling character. Exactly. he felt real. He didn't feel like, oh, I'm the bad guy. I'm gonna do bad things. Yeah, I'm gonna blow up a hospital. Bad. What are you doing, Slurry? Stop blowing up hospitals. <laughs> oh, the button's not working. <laughs> oh, no, it's Mozart. He's punched me in the face, and now I'm arrested. What is this? <laughs> yep. What, what weird movie is this? Wait, what movie is this? I was doing Joker exploding a hospital. Yeah, that's what I was doing as well. Like, Mozart was Batman and just punched him. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. So what's wrong with Joker, huh, Sandro? It's a bad guy. <laughs> oh, but he is a bad... Yeah, you know what? I have to agree with you. Joker's probably a bad guy. He's, yeah. he's pretty awful. I mean, he's, he kills a lot of people. But see it from his perspective. He's just making everything balanced. As it should um, be. Hmm. Perfectly balanced. He thanos before Thanos was a thing. He, he even burned money. He's helping the economy. Raising the dollar. He, he did do that. He slammed some guy's face into a pen. He's helping out the pen industry. <laughs> uh, not that guy's face industry, though. No, but that guy was awful, probably. He was... Yeah, yeah, yeah we don't know. But most likely, he was hanging out with bad people. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, no more tangents. This is only really in the director's cut, but Soleri's got a bit of a crash on, on this opera singer as well. Oh, really? Was that only in the director's cut? Yeah, the whole thing where he's like, I promised my chastity to God, that's all only in the director's cut. So Really interesting. 
basically the, the director's cut just adds all the rude stuff. Mmm, all that naughty stuff. Mmm. It's good. Watch the director's cut. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the better version. But it's it's unfortunate because cause cause he he saves himself for this lady and he's like this lady, I love I love this lady. And then uh Amadeus mm. gets gets on pretty well with her, you know? Yeah, and Solari's like, Oh no, what's going on here? And he suspects that they might have uh had some some sort of uh shenanigans mm. together. Exactly. Some some sort of um sex. What? Um how? It's a blunt way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) but that's what he says. So we got to the opening night of this opera. I love this. The king's there and comes up afterwards to talk to Mozart and is like, "That was good. That was good." Um, few too many notes though. Quite a lot of notes. (laughs) Maybe cut some notes out. (laughs) That's a thing he does, like more than once as well. Oh, it's good. It's good. There's like, there's only. So many notes in a in a play or something. What? <laughs> I don't, what? I don't know what. I, yeah, it's 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 strange. But of course, uh, course uh, what is the name of the guy? I keep forgetting it. Oh, uh, Soleri. He he's really one of the only people who actually appreciates just how good Mozart really is. Yeah, and he's like, this is the best thing, just like ever. Mm. We should talk about this for a second. My favourite was the play with his dad. Yeah, Don Giovanni, yeah. Him as the, like, juggernaut Mm. that was stomping down the things and it went bang, bang. That's definitely my favourite in this movie. Yeah, that opera, which is called Don Giovanni, like, Mm. is amazing. And just watching that piece, I was like, imagine being there in that room, seeing this for the first time. Mm. Like, whoa. It, it it would have blown you away. Yeah, it was powerful. So they're talking t- to the emperor after the show, and uh, the woman that we saw Mozart with at the, at the start of the movie, she bursts onto stage and is like, you proposed, let's get married. And Mozart's like, oh, okay. But then his dad's like, no, don't get married, wait till I get there, don't you, don't, you, don't, don't, no, don't, don't, and then he gets married. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they get married. Also, Soleri realizes that uh, the opera singer and Mozart probably were together, and he's like, "Grr, I'm gonna kill you, Mozart." So that's where that kind of starts. Well, no, 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 no. I would never, I would never kill Mozart because I'm a good person. Everything's fine. Don't worry about the next like half an hour mm. or so, because then he gets all murder, murder. <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry about actually the start of his movie when he admits that he killed Mozart. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. That's not important. Yeah. I really liked this section of the movie. Uh, the Princess Elizabeth is in town and the Emperor wants to find a teacher for the princess and and is auditioning certain musicians around Vienna. And, and because, mm. you know, Mozart... It, is married and he is living here in Vienna now. Everyone's like Mozart, go and audition. But Mozart's like, I'm not going to audition. That's not what I do. Mm. I don't stoop down to that level. No, 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 none of that. But his wife is like, we need money, man. We need money to, you know, live, eat. We're going to have a kid in the next five to ten years, probably. In the next like fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to need some food real scat. I'm not entirely sure how many years this movie takes place over, but we, we are going to have a kid during the, the time of this movie. I think it goes over the course of a couple of years, 
but like these first act and stuff goes over a few months. You know? Yeah, I mean, it... although we do see the the child, like it's clearly five years old at one point. At the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So clearly, this goes over like a long period. It must be a while. But no one ages, mm. but that's just because it's the old days. No one aged back then. No, no one aged ever. Never, never ever. It's, it's only recently that people started aging. Yeah. It's a real bummer for a lot of them. And every now and then we got some some glitches in the Matrix, you know, some uh, some Tom Cruises or Keanu Reeves, if you will, who never age. Well, yeah, 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 who never age. Well, they're, they're like the what used to happen, you know? Yeah. See, what happened was most people just died of, you know, malaria mm. or... Or eating coal fumes. Yeah. But then we got all these health and safety standards. Oh. And now everybody's living till they get old. Ah, oh, it's awful. It's terrible stuff. Should have been like Mozart. Died died at like 26 or whatever. Eat some mercury and die in bed. Hell <laughs> Be yes. like Mozart. Be like Mozart. So the wife is like, ah, we need money. I'm going to sneakily go and audition. And she does, and Soleri is so blown away by the sheet music that she brings over that he's, you know, he's crying. He's like, "Oh man, this is, this is phenomenal stuff." Yeah, because they're all originals. Mm. They're not even they're not even like things he normally writes down because he only really writes things down once. Yeah, so they're all originals, all all never heard before, and he's reading it all, and he's like, <gasps> "This is the best." Oh my god. Now, in the theatrical cut, he's just like, oh, this is bad, get out of here, mm. just leave, I don't want this. But because we watched the director's cut, they made his character a little creepy. A little bit, yeah, definitely more villainous. Yeah, I, I, think I, I think I liked this edition because it does make you turn on him earlier, I think. Because you already know that he's not the best guy, but this is... This really cements the fact that he's going to do anything to get rid of Mozart. So he coerces the wife to come in late at night so they can they can bang mm. because uh, he's going to help her get Mozart a job. But then she comes in late at night and then he kicks her out. Yeah, well, he kicks her out after she's taken everything off as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the servant can see that she's she's gotten naked yeah like cause a bit of controversy that sort of thing just humiliates her which is an awful thing to do mate what are you doing yeah it was a very very cruel thing i really liked the audio editing uh for this sequence because while it's happening the music is like really daunting and you can tell that, that he's like oh no what am i doing i did not expect this to happen get out yeah i thought that was clever and it does yeah. add that sense of like he doesn't really want to be doing this, but he's also so jealous that he kind of has to do it. Like, it's really yeah. it's really interesting. The inner monologue, you don't hear it in terms of words. You hear it in terms of the score. And I think that is just expertly done. He, Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He's a very sympathetic villain because he doesn't want to be a bad guy. He's just... He's not forced, but it's like because of his just, like, increasing madness mm. he's just driven to this craziness i think this is also where he burns his cross at th this point he's yeah he's starting to lose it he's getting mad at at his beliefs and that sort of stuff yeah yeah he's he's no longer believing 
this is also funny, uh, and I think that this is also only in the director's cut. Like, like no mm. one wants to hire Mozart because Soleri is now spreading rumors around that he's a bit of a fiend. Yeah, yeah, he's spreading a lot of rumors that he's like, you know, a bit of a, a, a bad, bad person. Yeah, and the only people that hire him are this this family who want Mozart to teach their daughter, uh, and so mm. he goes over to go and teach the daughter. Except there's all these dogs in the house and when and when he starts to play the piano the dogs go nuts and look i've got a dog i've got a piano dogs do this and this scene perfectly captured just the annoyingness of that yep it's such a funny scene yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, but there's so many dogs so many. why do they have so many dogs they don't have one or two they have like 15 dogs yeah they're all running around, they're all barking, they're all doing things, and he's like, what the absolute bollocks is happening here? I'm getting out. And, like, he storms out, but not before taking the bottle of wine with him as well. Yes. He's like, I'm taking this, and now I'm leaving. It's very good. Hell yeah. Uh, he returns home, his father is there. I love the yeah. father. Great actor, great performance. I was like, hey, yo... What are you doing, you big dum dum? The father also has like this massive like vampire coat, and it's like, give me a hug, and like he opens up his arms, and it's like, it's it's, it's so sinister. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly though, yeah, his dad's kind of a bit of a dick. Kinda. He's got a bit of a dad complex. He like, does. Trying to please his dad because his dad's like, you're not good enough. You gotta be the best. Uh, he tries to impress his dad by going to this party this like masquerade party where he wears this mm. giant like unicorn mask yes it looks like something you would buy today you know those rubber masks yeah but made like of actual horse i don't know i'm not sure it, it was it, a no it was a, it was a, it was a horse mask a anyway horse mask. it looked very uncomfortable but i would 100 get one and wear it to your birthday party hell yeah i would wear it as well <laughs> to my own birthday party and this is where we see the dad with his, uh, like, double-sided mask um, mm. and cloak that that is important later on. Yeah, that's that's his usual get-up for uh, going out and partying, is the, the, the classic, you know, black mask with a face on the back. Mm. Face at the front, face on the back. You know, party at the front, party at the back. Party at the back. Back. Double party, double the fun. Oh, is this also the scene where someone asks him to do an impersonation of Soleri, and he does? And he does one which is like, bro, 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 bro. I'm angry. Oh, I'm going to do a big fart. Yes. Soleri's <laughs> like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, he's there in the background, and just once again, he's like, oh no. This guy's mm. dead. I am going to murder this person. Uh, so at this point, Soleri, he hires a maid to go to Mozart's house. He's paying for it, uh, and she's not to tell Mozart who is paying for her to work at his house. So she's there, and she's also spying on him. She's giving him information, letting him know when Mozart's out of the house so that Soleri can go in and do some snooping, which he does, and he finds that he is writing a play based off uh, The Marriage of Figaro, which is a French play that is actually banned in Vienna. Because mm, the emperor's yes. like, this is not good. No, no, no. Too rude. Mozart's trying to keep it all hush-hush, secret-secret, but doesn't keep it secret. No. And so Soleri tells the emperor about this, and the emperor confronts Mozart, and is like, mate... You done goofed. Why are you... What are you... What the f- 
the Mozart? What the frick are you doing? What are you doing? You're messing everything up. We respect you. We love love, love the kid. Love the kid. But yeah. Mozart, what are you doing? French. Ew, ew, ew. French, More like it. French people. Oh, gross. Oh. Do you know what they eat? <laughs> like everything. The first time I saw a French person, they said we to me, and I was like, you what? <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. French person. We, we. French person. I really like the quote in this scene, though, where Mozart is is explaining why he wants to do this. He says, with music, you're going to have 20 individuals speaking at the same time. And it's not noise. It's harmony. Oh, yeah, because he's he's planning to have them all, like, one by one come in and start, like, singing, following the same sort of tune and stuff. Mm. And it's got to go on for 20 minutes. Yeah, it That's sounds cool. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. very good. And yeah, that quote in particular was excellent. Yeah, yeah, but the the king's not so impressed. The emperor. And so Mozart, he gets down on his knees and is like, "All right, this is how the opera begins." And he starts explaining it as we cut to him doing the actual play. Yeah, <laughs> because they let him do the play, of course. They let him do it. Yeah. Well, it takes a little bit more because he also wants ballet in it. But then the guys are like, "Oh, but the emperor doesn't like ballet. Ballet's banned." Uh, and that goes on for a little while, but eventually, yeah, the play ends up happening. And he's like, is everything goddamn banned? What the fuck? So yeah, he does uh, the the show, it's opening night, it's fantastic. And look, I don't know about you, but opera, it's not really my thing. I like classical music, but I've mm. never really been one for opera itself. I quite liked these. I yeah, but that's the thing is, like, the movie really draws you in. And I think it's because you know the creative side behind writing it based off these two characters i think it just makes you appreciate it more and yeah, yeah, yeah the long sequences are really really good yeah it was it was good i love the the way they cut from like normal scenes to opera with the sort of singing that just starts in the normal scene mm. and then it just goes to the you know the other one it's good it's really good but unfortunately Mozart's luck is running thin the Emperor does a yawn. Yeah, so, like, finally at the release of this play, like, what's his face? Uh, God damn it, I keep forgetting his name. <laughs> Solari. Solari. Solari is like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. My career is over. Mm. And then the Emperor's like, Ugh. <laughs> and he's like, oh my goodness, the Emperor didn't like it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm back in business, boy. So, so the fact that the emperor yawned means that they only put on nine performances of this opera because it becomes way less prop- popular because the emperor didn't. Because like the it. emperor did a bit of a yawn. The emperor's yawning. Where yawning? You know how it is. The emperor was probably just, just real tired. You know, a whole day of making laws, mm, banning banning dances, yeah, uh, forbidding plays. You know, it's exhausting stuff. Yeah, you know, it was just probably like, man, this is a four-hour opera, mm. and I'm loving it. But like, you know, like I'm loving it. Sponsored by McDonald's. Like, you know what I mean? Like last year, like Avengers Endgame, I thought it was great, but it was also, you know, like four hours long. I'm sure I yawned at some point during that movie. Oh yeah, a bit of a snooze fest, to be honest. Uh, what happens after this? Oh yeah, the dad's dead. Yeah, the dad cocks it. He's like, oh we, I'm dead, and dies. But also Mozart's child is born as well. So it's like, good news, bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, that's that's when you get like the best, the best of the best. Well, a very powerful scene where you see the 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 like play he makes with his dad in there. Yeah, and it was like super powerful because you see this like giant juggernaut and the drums like bang every time he like steps down. It was really cool. But this gives uh, what's his name? Because I keep forgetting his god. I should write it down. I'll so put it. Keep... I'll put it in the. Uh, I'll put it in the Skype chat. Oh my god! I keep forgetting it. It like goes every time I say it, and then it's just gone. <laughs> yeah, there it is, Soleri. Soleri, Soleri. I just got to do the, the Italian accent. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do the Soleri, Soleri. He's like, uh, ayo. I can see though that uh, clearly his the death of his father haunts him. Yeah. Wow, that gives me a sneaky deaky idea how to how to how to cut up this boy, how to get how to kill him, get him dead. Yeah, yeah, he figures it out. I also really like the moment just before this where he's saying, "I made sure that play was only played five times, but in secret, I went every five times." It's like, oh, mm. oh, it's good. Yeah, because because he's. Is against Mozart the entire time, but he, he loves his stuff. He exactly. can't get enough of it. It's so good. It's, it's so like, good. It's it's like here's my my analogy. I'm going to stretch on this. It's like uh, a dessert maker. What? Who makes desserts? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 But but there's this new company that's run by a young kid who makes these other desserts, and oh man, he loves those desserts, but he hates them. <laughs> they taste the best. Which is why he tries to get all these laws and other things. It's like banning, I don't know, milk or something. You know. <laughs> banning <absolutely>. milk? <laughs> this is the analogy, Sandro. Okay, sure. Look, you've lost me, but the listeners might still be on board, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shut up. Like banning ballet. What's the point in that? Oh, ballet is the work of the devil though, isn't it? Not milk though. Yes, yeah, so is milk. If it's like a dessert, you ban the sugar, because sugar's probably more evil than milk but all right look it's your well, analogy yeah, just go with it yeah but how do you make desserts it. without sugar well that, that exactly that's it that's the quandary well, that, no, but that's what I'm, I'm i'm saying like the other guy still has to make desserts you can still make a dessert without milk a pretzel is a dessert a giant pretzel is a bit of a dessert there's no sugar in that pretzel that's not a dessert oh, that's I a love, savory i love having myself a lovely dessert pretzel though <laughs> do you <laughs> yeah have you had Pretzels is dessert. Ah, it's good stuff. Freaking weird. <laughs> I'm gonna ban pretzels. <laughs> oh no! And that was my cutting plan. But oh boy, those pretzels were so good. I couldn't get enough of them, but I had to get them banned because they were better than my pretzels. <laughs> okay, now it's a pretzel analogy. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's an adaptive analogy. You see, right? It's a story that goes goes without even saying. You know, right, right. And that's 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 his thing. It's a good. I love them. Mm. I love good old Soleri. It's sort of like it's sort of, it's sort of like the podcast wars, you know. We're mm. both massive fans of the show Ninety Nine from Ninety Nine, but oh, we hate them and we got to kill oh, them. Oh, we hate them. We got to get them banned. We got to ban reviewing movies. <laughs> <laughs> that way, if we can't be the best, no one can be the best. No one. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. All no right. more tangents. Not a single tangent. Yeah, what's Soleri's plan to kill Mozart? <laughs> So it's a very simple plan, and he says it himself. It's a, s- a very simple plan. What he's going to do is he's dress up in his father's get get up because he had a very distinct. You got to get that big old vampire cape. Yeah, 
That's step one. Step two, get the double-faced mask, the one that looks forward and backward. And then you're then you're his dad. Mm. Or at least like a, a spirit of his dad. Something, something. Mozart's freaking crazy, so we won't know the difference. No, at this point, Mozart's a bit of a drunk. Yeah, because his dad's dead and he's depressed and he's just drinking a lot. He's eating mercury for some reason. I don't know what he's doing. Because uh, that's what the doctors say. Oh, that's right. It's the 1700s. Yeah, literally, doctors are like, hey, you're feeling down? Try some mercury. Mmm, yummy, yummy. They're mercury pretzels. That's why we've got to ban the pretzels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ban the pretzels, not the mercury. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's clearly the pretzels that are doing harm. <laughs> you see, that's really a problem in itself because, like, if he just hadn't been mercury poisoned, he mm. wouldn't even have even died. Because here's the plan. I'll quickly say it. His, his plan is to, then with his dressed up as his dad, he hires him to make this music. And he's constantly egging him on yeah. to make this uh, music for his dead father. Yeah, a Requiem Mass, I think it's called. Yeah, like yeah. funeral music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secretly, he's going to use that music against him. Like, when he dies, he's going to play that as his own music. Yes. And that's that's his plan. That's it. And so the thing is, at this point, like, he is egging Mozart on, but part of me thinks that probably Mozart would have just died anyway without him showing up, because yeah. he already was off the deep end at this point. He already but was remember, drinking. Remember, this takes over, like, five years. There's... That's also true, <laughs> yes. So it takes a while for this to go through, I think, and I think it's... I think he does cause his death eventually because he's not getting enough sleep. Yeah. Because he's up every night. Yeah, he does you He know. does do that right at the end, definitely. Just what I'm saying, Mozart would have probably died anyway, either of old age, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> would have been completely bonkers, old yeah. age, but, you know. Yeah, like, this definitely made him die earlier, but yes, but mm. yes. He's slowly writing this Requiem Mass. He, he also heads off to this... Uh, not so fancy, in fact, rather silly theatre, and he sees an opera that's parodying his operas. Mm. Kind of like a joke on it, where there's like a, a horse busts through uh, the backdrop. Mocking his one? I thought that was just a play, like that was just a place where plays were... Uh... One of them says Don Giovanni at some point, which is the name of the play where the guy, mm. where like his dad broke through the backdrop. So I think it is meant to be... But also, it's original enough that they can get away with it. Yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they were, they were making fun. I think he, he, he knew the guy, so he thought it was very funny. But yeah, the guy that runs that theatre asks Mozart to join uh, to join them on this show mm. to, to write some, perhaps, silly operas that can mm. be performed. And that's when he goes off and he writes The Magic Flute, which is a rather silly opera that Mozart did, but right before his death. So, so he's yeah. writing that. Uh, but he's also just really drunk <laughs> the whole time. Yes, he's super drunk, and and the thing is, he he's really not concentrating on that. He's trying to uh, get um, what's him call it done the uh, the requiem mass. Mm. He's obsessing over it. He's constantly doing this, and and like at one point, he he stays up all night, and his wife is like, "I'll stay with you," but then he goes and he gets he he leaves the house. After his wife falls asleep, he goes to give 
the other guy the script for it? I think, I think, yeah, I think so. He comes back. I think he has money as well, right? Yeah, he gets paid. Um, he gets a paid. Bit for he it. comes back with money, and she's already left. She's left. She's she taken the kid. Leaves the the place. And she's he's like, oh child. boy, gonna go with some mercury. Gotta go slam some snort some mercury, just like the doctor said. <laughs> yep, that's the cure yep. for everything. Cure for everything. Ah, uh, no, that's smoke up the bum. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's a, that's a classic cure for everything. Just up the bum. Maybe mercury up the bum. Mmm. Mm. The mm. let it dissolve in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh no, I've got bum cancer. What am I going to do now? I'm going to go <laughs> snort some mercury through my ears. That'll fix it. Snort through your. Oh, I don't even want to know at this point. Yeah. Don't put mercury anywhere near your body, no. everyone. Unless it's in your belly button. That's fine. No, 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 oh. no, sat, no. Oh no, I've been doing this Get for years. <laughs> no wonder you're going crazy. Oh no. No wonder you're eating pretzels for dessert. <laughs> the, the Melbourne doctors have been lying to me. I, 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 that's why I shouldn't have gone to that guy without a license. He was cheap, but... <laughs> cheap, but not worth it. Not worth it. Or he's like, oh yeah? You just get this lot like, mercury stuff, put it in your belly button. <laughs> I've been right right. I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead. Well, that was um, that was a couple of years ago, obviously, because he's died recently. Um, oh, yeah, has. Oh, you know him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know old Craggy. <laughs> Craggy, the, Craggy the doctor. Craggy the Mercury doctor from Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows old good old Craggy, how his yeah. license got revoked and all that. It's a good time. When you see Mozart, he's conducting the magic flute, and I love, I love this scene because it's like, like he's like drunk conducting, and the acting's phenomenal because like he's acting drunk, but he's also acting in pain, and he's also conducting them. Yeah, the acting's phenomenal. You, you know, like the first hour and a half, it's quite a comedic performance, and then it just turns into this, and it's like this guy's yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And the guy on stage, who's his friend, he's doing the stage act, but he's also, like, looking to the side to watch Mozart because he, like, collapses. Yeah. And he's he, like, does the play, but he sort of pauses in the midst of the uh, opera, and he's like, uh, should I keep going? And then he just continues on, you know, show must go on. Whereas, uh, Solari, he, he notices that he rushes down, and he's like, oh, my God, Mozart's collapsed, quick. You, sir, grab him up. He gets picked up and uh, they, he takes him home. Yeah, takes him back to Mozart's house. Mozart's like, oh, man, you're the best friend I ever have. You always come to all my plays. You're just the best. Mm. And he's like, ha yeah, I'm real good to you, huh? And uh, then there's a knocking at the door and he's like, oh, my God, it's the guy in the coat. He's here. Don't let him in. But, uh, of course, Salari. He's like, uh, well, it's clearly not that, because I'm him. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll go check on at the door, and he goes to the door, and it's the play guys, and the play guys are like, is he okay? And he's like, yeah, he's fine. It's like, cool, we got him some money. And he's like, oh, sweet. So he goes over to Mozart, and it's like, hey, the black man bought you some money, and there's more in it if you can just finish this play tonight. Mm. He's like, oh, man, I can't finish it tonight. I'm I'm g- gonna die. Soleri is like, hey, I'll help you fix it up. And mm-hmm. he's like, you would do that? So we have this great scene near the end here where they're 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 like making this giant epic score. I I love the characters. 
those those two characters can always visualize the music. Yeah. So so that's the two things we see in these characters that they can both do that. Mm. Like they're on that wavelength. Mm. Like the conductor's just on that wavelength, whereas obviously Mozart's got the super talent; he can make other things. But the conductor Salari has the ability to visualize the music when yeah. he reads it and stuff. And so in the scene, we see both of them doing it, where they both visualize this music, and the music like fades in and out as they're talking about it. Uh, like Mozart's like. And add the drums here. They go, kaboom, kaboom. And, like, we hear in the background the drums then playing. Yeah. And then uh, then he's like, oh, yes. And then the, and then the beat continues on. It goes, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, like, you, we hear in the background, da-da-da-da, like, as he does it. Mm. And that's that's probably the best bit of this this movie. I love it when they did those sort of visualizing thing. Yeah, that ending was was marvelous. It goes on for a while as well. I also like when Solari's mm. like, "Ah, you're going too fast. You go too fast," and he's like trying to catch up with the notes and everything. So good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. And then he's like, "Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was really good, and it was it made me very sad that they didn't become bestie friends. I mean, in real life, they were probably pretty cool. Probably, but. but... But yeah, but then then the morning comes and Mozart's like, let's take a break. I need to have a sleep. And he's mm. he's about to go to sleep. But then the wife and the son are back. Yeah, they're, back, they're in. back. Everything's great. But she's like, hey, you're the guy who tried to freaking bang me. Get out. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, nah, you got to get Mozart. Mozart's the only one who could tell me what to do. And then she's like, hey, Mozart, tell him to leave. And he's dead. And they take his body, they dump it in a heap with other bodies, and that's the end of that. Yeah. Very unceremonious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that ends her, uh, Solari, uh, telling the story of how he murdered uh, Mozart. And mm. he says to the priest, he's like, ah, see, uh, I am the, the patron saint of mediocrity. You see, God may have abandoned me, but uh, mediocrity is not, and, you yeah. know. He he goes, he's led out the hall for his daily sweets, because of course he loves sweets. Mm. And uh, he, he, he forgives his people, the, all the mediocrities in the world. Yes. It's great. And that is Amadeus. Yeah, a long one, a long one. We may have, like rushed through it but it was really long it, that's that's not the end because it, it does just right at the end it ends with Mozart's laugh before the credits run oh yeah just out of nowhere yeah I remember that oh yeah why did they do that <laughs> I don't know it was, it was pretty they silly just trolling at the end there I think <laughs> it was very good but then it ends it. and uh that was great it's Amadeus now yes it is three hours long but Whew. it felt much shorter than uh felt much shorter than Warrior and the Sorceress. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> right, you. That movie was a slog, but this one I was like, it's just breezing through. Just happy to sit here and watch this all yeah, yeah. play out. Definitely a long one. I, I I I thought it was a brilliant film. It was really good. Like it was really good. Like if it's a bad film and it's really long, oh man, that's really bad. But luckily it was a good film, so being really long was okay. Yeah. Too many notes, though. There were too many notes. <laughs> too many notes in my musicals. Don't uh, like them. There's only so many, so many scenes in a movie, you mm. know. Now uh, we've got to rate it an oldie or a goodie. But to be honest, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, 
there's no there's no negative points I can find. I and I I'm kind of feeling like this might be on same level as Ghostbusters. I think Ron Jeremy's in this one. Oh yeah, I think Where? I, I missed him. I think Ron Jeremy, he plays uh the Mercury. <laughs> Ron Jeremy's the Mercury. Yeah, well, no wonder he died ingesting. <laughs> yeah. That's a terrible rating system. I, it is a bad one, <laughs> and uh, honestly, I blame Rob, but... <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> but we're going to stick with it. Yeah, I'll give it I'll give it a very good... It's, it's a good movie. I'll give it I'll give it a... Where's Ron Jeremy? <laughs> Adam Goody? One, where's Ron Jeremy Award, the third one this year, named after Ghostbusters for some reason? <laughs> Absolutely. It just means if you're new to the, the podcast, the Where's Ron Jeremy Award is better than a goodie. That's what that is. Mm. <laughs> it's one of the mm. best. Well, we haven't used it too many times. We've only no. used it like two or three. So the fact that we don't mention it, people will forget about it and we'll be like, what are we, are we talking about? <laughs> we really. Look, last movie. year the Dead Dad Award made sense because, you know, yeah. all best movies have a Dead Dad. This one's well, got we a Dead Dad. Give this one the Dead Dad Award. Oh my god, why aren't we giving this one that... I mean, I hate to bring it back, so Yeah, it was last year. But this is clearly a dead dad award. This quite clearly is. Like, it, it literally has a dead dad. And mm. it deserves the dead dad award. Well, maybe maybe we, we got to find something in the middle. Maybe this gets the dead Ron Jeremy award. Dead Mozart award. <laughs> Alright, so it is a Where's Ron Jeremy award just, and a dead dad award. It's his best. It's, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's one of the best ones. There were no sequels to this movie, and we like to do a segment where we pitch a sequel. Do, do you have any ideas for this one? Yeah, it's uh, Mozart 2. He's back from the dead. No, okay. Night of the living, night of the living uh, Mozart. Great. And it's just him, undead, but then uh, he hears a play, and then he, is, he remembers himself. And so mm. then he has to hide the fact that he's a zombie... Well, this is in the modern era, by the way. Yeah. And he comes up with all these new symphonies, but nobody's interested in symphonies and other things anymore. They're interested in rock and roll, baby! <laughs> rock and roll! And so he, he becomes a famous rock star who is also a zombie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. That That's my movie pitch. Nice, nice, nice. That's, that's so good. He goes on a road trip, and then eventually it ends up with someone discovering... Uh, that he's a he's a zombie. He's a zombie. Did, does he kill any people, hmm? or is he just like a? No, no, like my... no. <laughs> um, he does. He does like eat only meat. <laughs> okay. And f- and like flesh and stuff, but he doesn't. He doesn't murder. He just happens to be undead, and he's trying really hard to hide the fact, which is why he wears like big puffy wigs, and oh. you know, uh, like masks and stuff. Uh, for rocking out, and at one point his arm falls off, but everybody thinks it's just like a funny gag he did on stage. <laughs> did they know that was his actual arm? Well, that mm. th- that sounds amazing. And he does like he does like his classical music, but he does it as rock and roll. Well, truly a piece of art. <laughs> uh, it's really bad. Uh, and 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 you know what? You know what? They crack lots of jokes constantly. Oh no! He's like. Man, I'm dead tired. Uh, <laughs> that is awful. I think you're gravely mistaken. Nice. Is it the same actor, though? Because if so, that doesn't sound too bad. Uh, yeah, sure. Why? I don't see why not. If he wants to play it. 
I doubt he will, but you know. Uh, my idea is Amadeus Two, the Soleri Redemption. Oh yeah. Soleri's is yeah. He's in this hospital and he's like, uh, I'm gonna break out. So he gets a crew together, and together they plan a grand escape from the hospital. They're looking at. What do they use for security cameras back then? Nothing. Actually, it's a very easy escape, to be honest. It'd probably take yeah. like an hour. Well, there would be like a, a guard or something, you know? Yeah, they got to knock the guard out. Yep. But they, they, don't, they don't. They poison the guard's food with mercury. <laughs> Hell yeah. God. They have it to takes... wait several years for it to take effect. <laughs> it takes years. <laughs> but eventually but... the guard dies and then they just escape. To be honest, two mm. ideas that uh, shouldn't be made. Yeah. Next segment. What segment might that be, Sandra? Can you think of it? Uh, one with a lot of uh, raves. Uh, no, 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 no. We're not having raves here, Sandra. We're having some nice classical. Oh! Raving reviews. Great. You still use the word raving, though. Yeah. But it's classical raving reviews. Uh. Uh, welcome to Classical Reviews, the part of the show where I uh, get some reviews from Rotten Tomatoes about this show. We're nearly done with it. I'm tired. Let's get on with this. <laughs> Steve says, unwatchable and overacted. Oh, boy. Steve is not a fan. <laughs> no. Poor Steve. I got some real doozies for this week. I, I'm so excited. This film's got 95%, <laughs> so somehow you found all the negative ones. <laughs> No, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't sift through all of them just to find some real bad negative ones. Uh, that sounds like a one from me. That's real it's negative. Zero point five. Oh, it's the the, the most it's negative. The literal lowest. Damn. Uh, all right, Paul though. Paul says good, but an hour too long. Uh, sure. Yep. That is, that that is something Paul would say. There's only so many notes in a musical. <laughs> You know? Can't have too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good. You know what? I'm going to go three. Ooh, close. It's a 2.5. Oh, wow. Still more negative. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then we have someone who's unnamed. Mm. Doesn't even have a name. Says, uh, would have been an okay film, but Mozart's stupid laugh in every scene ruined it for me. <laughs> no, it's the best bit. And I could, all I can say to that is, ha! <laughs> One of the, it's one of the best bits, though. Yeah. That also sounds like a 2.5, but I think I'm going to go slightly lower and go for a 2. Oh, you saw through my bluff. It was a 2.2 uh, two, two out of 5. Yeah, got well, it. not a 2.5. <laughs> you, you got it right. You got it right. Well done. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Rob. Good old Robbo says, A great movie. I just wish it was not so fictionalised. But, but then it wouldn't be interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Then it yeah. would just be a man. That was kind of the whole point of the film. Then it would just be a. Th- then it would just be three hours of watching a man slowly die from mercury poisoning. <laughs> That's what Rob wanted to see, and he only saw fictional dying of mercury. Oh dear! Uh, that sounds like a three. It was a three. Well oh, wow. done! You're doing well so far. All right. Uh, I tell you, uh, one second. I tell you what, Solari may be the king of mediocrities, but this. There's a lot of mediocre reviews. <laughs> All right. Well, Amelia's not going to mediocre review. She, in fact, says, very one-sided. Disappointing. <laughs> Is this a Trump tweet? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Very one-sided, full stop, disappointing. Full Thank stop. you, Amelia. Very cool. <laughs> um, uh, probably like a one and a half. Uh, it was a one. Ah, so, so close. close. All right, all right. So close. All right. Muhammad says, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, space. Ooh. Question mark, question yeah. mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, space. Ooh. Question mark, question yeah. mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, space. Question mark, question mark, space. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, space. Question mark, 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 question it's a five out of five! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and finally, a completely different review I found by... Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Yugi? Okay. Question about question about question about question about... <laughs> you going to be kidding me. Question about question about question about... Wait, it gets better. Question about question about space, question about question about space, explanation mark. Whoa! Boom. Well, that is definitely a five out of five. It is a five out of five. And I'm pretty sure it's just they were using characters that the website couldn't <laughs> I think handle. I think that's what it is, yeah. The fact was, I found two of them <laughs> in a row, pretty much. And I was like, well, I gotta get those in there. Uh, that is the episode. Thank you so much for listening, as always. If you want to uh, help us out, the, the, the best way to do so is, is just tell a friend. Just be like, hey, friend, do you like classical movies about classical music? And your friend will be like, oh, only if there's a lot of notes. And you'll be like, well, friendo, I've got just the movie for you. Show them the movie and show them the episode. And your friend will be like, thank you, friend. Or your friend will be like, this is awful. I'm going to unfriend you. Use also links to our email address if you want to get in touch with us. You can uh, you can shoot through an email. Let us know your thoughts in this movie or your thoughts on mm. movies in general. What's your favourite movie and least favourite movie? Let us know. We'll read it out. We've also got a Facebook page and Instagram accounts. We'll make an Instagram mm. account for the show one day, maybe. And then you'll be able to see our faces on Mercury. Anyway, links to everything in the description. Zach, you're picking next week's episode. What, 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 what song? Let's quickly go through them. Uh, your first option's called All of Me. All of you? All of me. A rich woman dies and her spirit inhabits her lawyer's body. Mm. So she possesses her lawyer. Oh, yeah. With a lawyer's played by Steve Martin. And it's a little comedy romp. Oh, yeah. I guess about money. Sounds fun. There's Places in the Heart set during the Great Depression of the 30s. Young woman has to take care of a farm after her husband dies. Sounds depressing. Yeah. There's Windy City. A Chicago writer thinks back on his life thus far, and he's like, hmm, what did I do wrong? (laughs) Is that just a movie? He just thinks about all the things he's done? I mean, you probably see it in flashbacks. Well, yeah, yeah. no kidding. Uh, You've got Threads. It's it's actually a TV movie. Never went out to cinemas, but it's in here because it's a TV movie made by the BBC, but also... The Australian Channel 9. Ooh, what's it about? British and Australian show. It's about two families who try to survive a nuclear war. Uh, it's considered one of the first movies to actually show a nuclear war in the style of stuff like Fallout. Oh, wow. Just barren landscapes, that sort of stuff. Uh, and then you've got The Company of Wolves, which is a gothic werewolf movie. It's a little bit like Little Red Riding Hood, but uh-huh. the wolves wear bibs when they eat. <laughs> 
Now, that one sounds pretty good. <laughs> sounds like a fun one. I want to do that one, Sandro. Okay. All right. Well, we're a company of wolves. Great. <laughs> Hell yeah. A gothic werewolf movie does sound very good, though. Yeah, no, that does sound great. All right. No one understands me. Oh, why is that, honey? Because I'm a literal wolf at the moment. Wrapping it up with the best quote from Amadeus. I've actually got a serious quote, so I'll go first before you probably do a joke one. I would never do a joke one. With music, you can have 20 individuals speaking at the same time, and it's not noise, it's harmony. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.